0: Before we get to our text this morning, uh, I wanted to ask you a few questions, and these will be uh, ones that I'm uh, looking for answers to. The questions will be up on the screen. The first question uh, that comes to us is, uh, when you sit down and eat a meal, uh, what do you do first? Pray. 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 right. Uh, next question uh, asks, before you go in for surgery or a medical procedure, what do you do? Pray. These, they're going to get harder, so bear with me here. Uh, next one says, uh, when you are about to send a loved one, maybe across the world, what do you do? Got the answer? Pray. See, these guys are good. Another one. Uh, when you're deciding on a major job opportunity, what do you do? Pray. Just can't seem to stump you guys. Uh, next one. Uh, and what do you do when you are about to be sent into battle. That's what Paul says. Listen to what Paul says as we uh, bookend his uh, items here on the armor of God. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak, and so that you may know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus with love incorruptible. Prayer is uh, not a new topic that... Paul is bringing up here. um, uh, Some of the versions uh, would say the the NIV has it uh, as a a sentence break. uh, Pray, pray at all times. Uh, The ESV has that that sense of being continually praying. Praying at all times in the Spirit. Uh, It's a continuation of what he has been saying about the armor of God. Uh, the song that we've sung here before, um, oh, now the song left my mind. Put each, uh, Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Uh, when it talks about the armor, it says, uh, each piece put on with prayer. I think that's what Paul's getting at here as he continues his thought uh, after putting on the armor, praying at all times, and he continues to go on and talk about that. Um, did you catch how much prayer this is going to involve as he's talking about uh, being armored up uh, and continuing on in this spiritual battle? I want us, I want us to look again uh, at uh, verse 18. Uh, look, at, look at what it says. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with... All perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Uh, some of the different translations would have the word "always" in there. I think the ESV uh, did it this way to give you the sense that uh, in each instance of that, it is using the exact same root word. Uh, it is uh, all time, uh, and so you you could it would be always in, in different circumstances, but but the ESV here brings out the idea of the repetitiveness of, of each four of these different ways in which Paul is talking about. And so we're going to look at uh, how he lays that out. He says, pray at all times in the Spirit. This is such a common theme for prayer in the in the New Testament. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Uh, you almost get to the point where when you, when you think about what Paul is Saying As he says it here in Ephesians, uh, where he says it there in in, uh, his letter to the Thessalonians, uh, pray at all times, pray without ceasing. It it almost implies that you are uh, never going to have time for anything else except for to pray. If you have to pray at all times and pray without ceasing, when do you do anything else? But the idea is that our lives are so um, uh, marked by prayer that nothing we do uh, would be done without prayer. Uh, praying at all times. It, it, it's, it's the call for constant, vigilant prayer. Uh, Paul says to the church in Colossians, uh, continue steadfastly in prayer. Colossians 4 verse 2, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Continue steadfastly. It's this perpetual place of prayer, never giving up on uh, what prayer accomplishes. Uh, Romans 12, verse 2 says, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Uh, it marks everything about us. Paul, Paul keeps reminding us over and over in different ways, in the different places where he would go and, and bring the message uh, to the different people that he's with, he would say the same thing. Prayer and constant prayer is a part of uh, the Christian life. Uh, and sometimes it may be, again, some of uh, that which is uh, most difficult to find that we're that we're growing in, that we're excelling in, uh, that we feel uh, uh, intimately connected to God in. Uh, and it, it didn't it didn't um, originate with the New Testament people either. Um, in First Chronicles sixteen at verse eleven, seek the Lord and His strength, seek. His presence continually—that uh, is, this attitude and posture of prayer, where we constantly are seeking after the Lord, uh, petitioning Him for His His presence and His purpose in our lives. But it talks about um, praying at all times in the Spirit. Uh, this has been one of those things that has uh, caused some. Uh, controversy as well. Uh, what does it mean to pray in the Spirit? And and all kinds of different movements have, have originated from uh, praying in the Spirit. There would be those that would say, unless you know how to pray in a tongue which nobody else understands, you don't know how to pray in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit would be this uh, foreign, foreign language that's being spoken that uh, only God could understand. Um, Paul doesn't have that in mind here. Uh, this is this is for those that are in this spiritual battle. Remember, this, this uh, item of prayer here, this call for prayer, comes uh, not as a, as a separate new topic. Uh, he didn't stop speaking uh, as, as we were going through that. Uh, take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times. He doesn't even catch his breath. He just says, and be praying about this as well. Because we are in a spiritual battle. And so this is going to be spiritual prayers that we offer. Uh, we, we offer prayers regularly uh, on behalf of those that, that need uh, healing for their knees and for uh, their legs and for their minds and for their backs and for all kinds of things. We pray for the physical well-being of, of people and we're, we're meant to do that as well. Here in this context, Paul uh, is talking about praying spiritual prayers guided by the spirit uh, there's there's a there's a difference between just offering prayers hoping that something is going to happen uh, and not really understanding uh, the spiritual nature of our existence on earth and and being connected intimately with the spirit the, the spirit who who inspired the word the the sword of the spirit uh, which is the Word of God and praying again in accordance with the spirit Uh, in accordance with the Word. And there's so much in Scripture that reminds us that when we pray, we pray according to the very nature and character and Word of God. It is uh, these Spirit-led prayers, I believe, that Paul has in mind here. Um, Paul would say in Romans 8, um, for those that live according to the flesh, just in our natural strength, uh, that's that's the way we all come into the world, just naturally, um, but deprived as well, because there's nothing um, good in us from birth that could affect our eternity for for our betterment. Uh, there, we don't we don't possess anything in our natural being that would help us on our way towards being reconciled with God. Uh, to be to be in the flesh is just that place of being stuck in uh, something that hasn't been transformed yet. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Paul wants us to remember to be praying at all times in this spiritual sense, praying for the spiritual things of our lives. Uh, And I think that's Uh, that can be uh, one of those components that's often um, missing in in its fullness and its power in our lives. Uh, We can regularly pray for uh, all kinds of very physical things. Uh, And and that, again, is an appropriate prayer to pray for people. Um, But Paul is uh, encouraging us to be a people of spiritual prayer. Where we lift up the the spiritual needs of of kingdom work and the battle that we find ourselves in, if we're just praying for something physical for people, they may uh, still find themselves spiritually ill equipped, and maybe we would too as we offer prayers for ourselves. But this is a a spiritual prayer um, that that has great impact. Have you ever considered how your life would change uh, if our prayers were always spirit-led, uh, spirit-centered prayers? Imagine that for a moment. Uh, if if uh, every time you prayed, uh, there was this deep spiritual component uh, to wanting to grow in the uh, knowledge of who Christ is his mission and purpose for us, uh, asking each time we pray for his leading in the battle. Uh, that's, where, that's where Paul is calling us to these spiritual prayers. It's in this spiritual battle. And, and what, would, what would our lives be like if we were not um, Spirit-guided prayers? If we left that component regularly or often out of our prayers, uh, not, not engaging in this spiritual battle in that sense, but just just focused on the natural part of ourselves and the, the, the world in which we see things uh, instead of being caught up in this cosmic battle where there are principalities and powers, evil forces in the heavenly realms that are constantly seeking to undo the church and the ministry and the effectiveness Effectiveness of the church. Um, imagine what our what our lives would be like if we didn't pray at all times spiritually. Then he says to pray with with uh, all supplication, all kinds of requests, uh, as the NIV puts it. Um, there are there are all different types of prayers that we would be in prayer about in these in these circumstances. Um, making our prayers full and complete by by including a a whole realm of different ways of praying for people. Um, What are are some of the different types of prayers uh, that we would pray? Confession. Um, One of those things that uh, often would hinder prayers is when we are not a people of confession either. Uh, when we when we fail to uh, acknowledge our, our the flesh that still fights us against us, uh, prayers of confession uh, releases um, the power of God to be working in our lives again. Where where prior to that time of confession, uh, He's waiting. There was a time uh, when the people of Israel were being beaten back by the enemy, and and God said, "Why are you people praying?" This is a time for confession. Once you get through this time of confession, your prayers will be heard. Even as husbands and wives are are living together, if we are not in in harmony with one another, if there's brokenness because of sin there, our prayers are hindered. Confession is an important part of uh, the types of prayer. What other types of prayers would we pray? Guidance, Guidance. yes. Um, James says, If you lack wisdom... Ask for it. Um, guidance and focus uh, for the for the journey is is an important part of of our prayer life. Other other types of prayers that we would need to be uh, constantly in prayer about. Praise, praise. absolutely. Um, prayers of praise have such a powerful impact on people's lives. Um, when we praise God for all kinds of things, it trains our hearts and minds to remember something that is far greater than ourselves. Uh, when we get stuck in uh, just the atmosphere of our world without attributing to praise that the, the glory that is due Him, we, we're missing out on such a, uh, a huge perspective. Um, when we praise God for the things that uh, He's doing in our lives, it reminds us that God is working. Uh, there are times where we would be uh, giving thanks for for things, uh, daily provisions, for uh, being spiritually equipped. We are uh, called even to pray for our enemy and those that persecute us. Uh, when we're considering spiritual prayer, all of these uh, components are are necessary for us to be regularly in prayer about. Uh, Pray with all kinds of prayer, all all types, all manners of prayer, praise and confession and thanksgiving, uh, interceding for people. Uh, And especially as Paul is talking about the spiritual battle here, praying for our brothers and sisters that are in the spiritual battle. Uh, Praying that God would do a powerful work in their lives. All kinds of prayers and requests. And he says, uh, keep alert with all perseverance. Jesus would, would remark about um, being alert. Uh, he would say it a few times to his disciples. Uh, he would He would talk about even the coming kingdom that we need to be alert and prepared and watching, for that, this is this is uh, in a in a way um, uh, praying with your eyes open, uh, not specifically physically that way, but prayers are recognizing, being alert to the things that are around us, uh, watching and perceptive of the things that uh, we need to be in prayer for, and, and doing that with with all perseverance, never never stopping. Uh, to be watchful uh, and constant in prayer. Uh, Peter Peter talks about it because it's so crucial. Uh, He says, be sober-minded. 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Uh, Being watchful in prayer is important for us. To, to misunderstand the fact that there is an enemy who is dead set against us with everything that he has. His his whole purpose is to be against God's people. To forget that fact uh, would be a terrible mistake for God's people. That's, that's why we are to uh, be watchful for where the enemy is working. Uh, we need to be able to Spot where the enemy is working, and be watchful of that, and be in prayer about it um, Nehemiah uh, when we looked at the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah uh, looks out over the the city of Jerusalem and he realizes or or he's reminded again of of the ruins that it's in because the people of Israel have been in, in captivity for so long, and he he weeps over the city and sees its destruction, and he wants to do something about that, and when they begin to take up the work of rebuilding the the city of Jerusalem and the the temple there, um, there were those uh, that had plotted to come together and fight against Jerusalem, it says in Nehemiah 4, uh, and to cause confusion in it. And so it says, we prayed to our God and set a guard as a protection against them day and night, uh, praying and watching guard at the same time. Uh, Nehemiah, Ezra, they were they were committed to rebuilding what had been broken down, that that very essence of what it meant to be God's people. But there was opposition, as there will always be. As we seek for uh, a future and longevity of our church, the enemy will constantly be working against us. I believe he is working diligently in our world today to try to diminish the witness and the effectiveness of our churches in the world today, especially here in Western culture where we set our minds on all kinds of different things and we've, we've turned our attention to things other than this uh, spiritual battle that we're in. And we need to be watchful and praying. Jesus, at the very height of his ministry, uh, as he's about to be crucified, he invites a few of his disciples to come uh, and spend time with him as, as Jesus would go off and pray. Jesus came back after spending time Himself in prayer. Imagine that. Um, God praying to God. Uh, You want to know how important it is for us uh, weak, sinful people? Uh, When you consider that, Jesus Himself was constantly in prayer. Uh, As He's coming back to His disciples uh, and sees them sleeping, He says, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's why we pray these spiritual prayers. And that's why we stay alert and watching because our flesh is so weak. We are so distracted by the things of, of our natural world. Uh, we, we would like to in our, flesh, uh, in our spirit, uh, but the enemy keeps working against us. And so that call to be watchful in prayer, paying attention to the things that are there to distract us, Uh, We we pray that as we pray the the prayer that the Lord taught us to pray. Uh, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil or from the evil one. Uh, Being alert and watchful for the enemy's tactics and persevering watchfully in prayer to that end. Luke had mentioned it as well, Luke 21. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life, the natural world, the flesh. And that day may come upon you suddenly like a trap, for it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Uh, Be praying, watchfully. So that you can continue to endure in the call that we have as the children of God. Imagine what it would do to our Christian lives and our Christian witness uh, individually and corporately if our our prayer life wasn't one of watchfulness, but we became lazy and apathetic. We didn't concern ourselves with those things anymore and what might happen when we stopped watching and persevering in prayer, when we, when we give up on it after a while. I've been praying for that for so long, I just give up. As if, as if uh, God couldn't do anything anymore. Being watchful and persevering and praying. The last one he says are praying for all the saints praying for all those who are in the battle. Remember, this is the context in which Paul is speaking. when we when we continue on in the series of, of of focused prayer, we will we will look at um, all kinds of ways to pray, but one thing that we can't do is is take a particular uh, section out of its context and make it into something else. Paul is talking about prayer, in the spiritual battle for Christians who have just put on the armor, praying in all these different ways and praying for all the saints. Praying for those brothers and sisters that are with us in the battle. Have you you considered what Paul is implying when he says to pray for all the saints? When you consider the context that he's saying this and he says, Pray for all the saints, what is he implying there but that we are all in the battle? It isn't Paul's battle, it isn't Peter's battle, it isn't Jesus' battle, it's not just a battle that the Holy Spirit is doing off someplace somewhere, it's not just for those frontline workers that are that are either pastors or missionaries or evangelists or whatever. Paul is saying to pray for all the saints because we're all in it. And Scripture reminds us, as one member suffers, we all do. We are all in this spiritual battle together. And so we would pray for all the saints. Everybody, everybody is in need of a prayer that is going to strengthen them in the battle. He's addressing people that are suited up for the battle. So, who of God's people would not be included in that? He says, pray for all the saints. Pray for all of them. So you pray for that saint that is in their final days, that they would give evidence and testimony as often as they could of their faith. To, to, go out, to go out with a, a last uh, cannon shot, if it were, in the battle, uh, letting, letting their position be made known. We would pray for the youngest among us, that they would grow up in the faith and that they would understand the battle, that they would uh, persevere in the faith. We pray for those that are distracted by the things of this life. We pray for those that have lost sight of things, when we've lost our focus, when we don't have guidance. We, we pray for the one another in that sense. There isn't anybody here, or any of the saints that uh, we know by family or, or some sort of connection that doesn't need prayer in the spiritual battle. We all do. So those ought to be the, uh, the components of our prayer as we pray for people as well. Maybe even the one that is uh, suffering from something physically, uh, that may be preventing them from engaging more fully in the spiritual battle. So praying that they're, that they're restored in their bodies so that they can uh, more uh, fully and adequately and powerfully take up the work of this spiritual battle that we're in. And Paul um, what, did, what did Paul ask for himself? You remember how he said that? Pray for me that I may boldly declare the word of God, the gospel of truth, as I ought to do. Uh, when, you, when you read it that way, um, he says, and, and pray also for me. So he's, he's uh, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me that words may be given to me uh, in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Is there is that boldness of the gospel declaration only for Paul? Or is that something that you might think he wants you to do? To boldly declare the word of God as you have opportunity? or Or is the is the proclamation of the gospel only by those people that are paid or those that are sent. And we are off the hook for uh, declaring the, the mystery of the gospel to those around us. Uh, we have this same opportunity uh, to be able to declare with, with boldness um, what God has done for us. It's, it's that idea of being ready to give an answer to anybody that questions you about the hope that you have. Where does that that come from, this place that you're at in your life, when when you have uh, just lost a loved one and yet you seem to have a peace about you? Didn't that just completely undo you? Aren't you just in despair and without hope? And we have that opportunity to share about how God... Um, has a greater plan than what we see on this earth. And how he reconciles and he redeems and he restores uh, those and he brings us back to life in a way that we haven't experienced before. We, we pray in this way for everybody. And, and Paul, Paul said, Paul said, Pray also for me. As much as it was uh, um, maybe difficult to think at times that Jesus prayed, Maybe that's still a hard one to get our minds around. Why did did God need to pray? Uh, Except for that He gave us, um, one, a model of how we ought to live our lives, and two, He was a human being just like you. And what He faced, uh, He faced in His natural body as He was about to go to the cross, uh, knowing exactly what kind of death He was going to suffer. uh, That was um, something... For him, a needed prayer. Uh, And he petitioned his father um, boldly that he could be released from that if it was possible. He poured out his his true feelings and emotions in his natural sense in that way, praying that God would release him from this if it was possible, but, but always aligning himself with his father's will. Jesus prayed. He needed to pray. He gave a model for prayer. Have you considered that Paul needed to pray? Paul, Paul who was caught up for a while, and we don't know how long, but caught up for a while uh, in the third heaven, as Scripture says, uh, not in the atmosphere here, not in the stars and the moon and that realm, but in the third heaven where God dwells in His his divine counsel. Uh, Paul is caught up there and and is given revelation of what God Uh, God wants him to know and to speak. And Paul says, pray for me. Well, of anybody, you wouldn't need prayer anymore, would you, Paul? Except for we still are here battling in our flesh and with our spirit against an enemy who wants to destroy us. And Paul would face that everywhere he would go. I'm going off to a new place, and the only thing I know is that people are going to beat me and try to kill me when I get there. So pray for me. Pray for the effectiveness of the gospel. Uh, Paul, Paul is, is wrapping up this uh, letter to the church there, This uh, what it means to be in Christ, um, and wraps it up powerfully with the sense of and be in prayer constantly for how you can engage in the battle, how you can put on the armor, uh, what it means to have uh, those shoes put on, that, that readiness given by the gospel of peace so that we can go out and proclaim that having a shield of faith with which we can extinguish all the flaming darts of the air uh, of the enemy, putting on the, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, taking up the, the sword of the Spirit, all of these things, all of them need a prayerful um, uh, action as we do those things. I'm about to take up your sword, Father. Help me use it wisely. The enemy is attacking me. Help me use my shield of faith with all encouragement and boldness. I have the opportunity to share the Gospel today and so give me that readiness to do that, ready to give an answer, ready to engage with people. Give me that helmet of salvation that allows me to know without a doubt that I am saved. And nothing, not even the gates of hell could stand against what I have. That I am convinced that neither Death or life, angels, personalities, nothing it says there can separate me. Having that confidence and praying constantly in those ways. How about you? Do you need prayer? And are you ready for a season of prayer? Let's pray. Father, we are those uh, standing in the need of prayer. It's me, it's me, O Lord. Every one of us uh, should add our voice to that. It is me, O Lord, standing in the need of prayer. I have not fulfilled your word as I ought to. I have not put on the armor as faithfully as I should have. I have not used it in the way it was designed. Sometimes I use it against my brother instead of against the enemy. I'm the one in need of prayer, Father, because at times the battle makes me weary and tired. We need prayer, Father. We are in need of prayer, for the enemy is relentless. Uh, Let us never uh, grow weary in prayer. Uh, Never taking our eyes off the enemy's tactics. Always being constant in prayer with all kinds of different prayers and requests praying for everybody that they may endure faithfully in the battle. It's us, Lord. We stand in the need of prayer. And so we ask that You would strengthen us. Strengthen us within our very spirit, that which works for Your kingdom and against the enemy, that we may prevail as it is promised. And never giving up, never losing sight of that, never losing our focus, always seeking Your guidance, always being ready to confess where we have fallen short yet, where we have fallen asleep in the garden, as it were. And we just got overwhelmed by the things of this world. So Father, we are standing in the need of prayer and we pray that You would um, meet us here as we commit ourselves to You in that way. Bless us in this season of prayer as well. Uh, And may we see Powerful things happen. We, we talked about revival uh, prior to the service. Father, we, we pray that um, you would bring a revival here in this, and may it start with a fervent prayer, a, a concentrated prayer, a, an organized prayer of, of a gathered people that, that come together and realize how, how needy and deficient we are. And may our own um, egos never stand in the way of the fact that um, we would stand up and be counted as one that uh, needs help in prayer. So bless us, Father, as we seek your guidance, as we seek the power of your Spirit within us, uh, as, we, as we turn our lives to you in focused prayer. We do that uh, in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name.